Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. going on (laughs) listen listen uh we might sound different this week friends yeah i think we do i think we might sound a little different for many reasons um and that's because uh this was the week from hell this was huh yeah do you ever have one of those weeks where you just like roll out of bed and stub your toe and then it's it's just just all fucking downhill all downhill from there yes and that's the understatement (laughs) so we are recording unexpectedly from a hotel room we are uh, oh my gosh. At 12:30 a.m. on Friday. And oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And the, you know, you usually have the episode by now. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh yeah, so we're a little late and that's because yeah, unexpectedly in a hotel. Mhm. Um because the ho- the oh, see look, I'm already like I Dude, am I'm fading. We just got to let it rip. We got to let it ride. We're just going to let it rip and let You're it ride. You're going to probably be hearing yawns. This is hilarious, but yeah, not hilarious. But not hilarious. Um the apartment below our apartment yes. is being remodeled. And without telling us, <laughs> you know, we just got flooded with chemical fumes. Yeah. Painting, uh, new carpet, uh-huh. apparently, uh, I don't know, resealing the tub. <laughs> you know, I Anything got every excuse under the sun. Yeah, we woke up to literally the worst chemical smells Stank. ever. Yeah, we couldn't breathe. We um, could not breathe. I was sick. Jake was getting sick. We obviously have Nanook, our dog. Like, I'm still a little loopy. A little woozy here. Um, so, yeah, we literally... <laughs> We couldn't stay there. No. Um, We had to pick up all of our shit. All of our recording stuff. Uh, Yeah, so our studio is now temporarily in this hotel. So we might sound a little different. That's okay. We're just going to roll with it. Yeah. I mean, you're looking pretty comfy over there. Am I? Yeah, we're in, you know, we're sharing a room. So I'm looking forward to a night of Laura snoring. Oh, yeah. I told you to bring earplugs. Earplugs. <laughs> earplugs. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Um, yeah, the funny thing is, Laura, is that you think that that helps. It doesn't. You are the world's loudest snorer. I am. So yeah. really looking forward to that. And before we started recording, she informed me that she's gassy. So it's just like 10 out of 10 on my week. And I'm yawning. Yeah, it's just like the cherry on top. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? What? We're having like, we're having a bed in. Let's make it fun. Yeah. I'm John. I called it. You could be Yoko. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Should we Checks sing? Out. Where's my tambourine? Oh, <laughs> we are singing. Can you imagine Laura playing a tambourine? It seems natural, I but I also can. would be fucking She's hysterical. like, I could fuck a tambourine up. <laughs> Someone can I can rock it. Give me one right now. I'll Has prove it. Has anybody seen my tambourine? Tim Purry. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Two shows in your hands. <laughs> it's in your fucking hand. You're holding it. Oh my gosh. Um, so, you know, uh, we're not going to go into every detail of our horrible week. We don't have time. <laughs> because we There's simply just so many. don't have time. There's but so many. We are going to go into one aspect of Lore's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, welcome to the Haircut Hall of Shame, my friend. <laughs> 
because Laura oh, went shit. to get her haircut, and mm-hmm. I don't think it ended well. Mm-hmm, Laura, mm-hmm, take it from here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm on. Okay, so <laughs> let me just start by saying that, okay, we've already talked about my sheer hatred of Valentine's Day, right? Oh, I yes. mean, let's talk about it. We've already discussed it. Is it the day for single people to feel the absolutely most horrendous you could? I mean, it's like... <laughs> She's still upset, guys. You are it's unloved. like a week later. You are She's unloved. Pissed. And not only that, so not only do we have... Valentine's Day right. coupled with a shitstorm of <laughs> things that were completely out of our control. First right. of all, let me say, I am a Virgo and mm-hmm. I like to have a plan. She likes control. We know this. I like things to be organized and I was very organized and I did everything according to plan. But guess what? <laughs> Somebody threw a wrench in those plans. The universe said try again. But they said try again. And yeah. I walked out of the house the other day and I said, if I don't do something nice for myself, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, I'm right? hanging by a thread. Right. I'm hanging by a thread. Hey, Aggie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. Which, which I do like. Which I do like once a year, right? Yeah. yeah. She, as we've, we've established many times on this podcast that neither of us do well with haircuts. So <laughs> That that being like that's what you chose yes. to do was yeah. yeah red flag number one Laura and I specifically went to somebody <laughs> that deals with curly hair yeah I recommended this yeah, person thanks, because Leah. she what she did good on my hair <laughs> what you want from me she specifically works with curly hair right right right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so I go in right. Sit down and I'm like, make me beautiful. Right? Please. Right? Do something. Do something with this mop. Yes. With this mop. Right. And she's like, do you mind if I take your hair to your shoulder? Yeah. Which is like, that's a ballsy move, Lord. You know, because my hair is long. And I said, absolutely. Go Go for it. Go for it. And I said, now just remember, my hair is curly and it kind of springs up. Yeah. Yours really does spring. It's got some boing to Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So what do I end up with? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) There's a a lot to unpack here. (laughs) Because first of all, Mm -hmm. way shorter than your shoulder. Oh, it's like right below my ear. (laughs) It's like low key a bob. (laughs) Yes. Like think Edna mode. You said I really look like that Danny DeVito picture. No, like I think that we may have manifested it because she officially looks like, if you know the photo of Danny DeVito in a white wig, if you don't, just Google that. Yeah. Laura, that's quite I said I kind of look like Doc from uh, Back to the Future or Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, Andy Warhol was giving me a little bit. Hey, I mean, all of those would be good representations. Right. But you know what my favorite, okay, so Mm -hmm. so we've established like it's kind of like a, like Mm -hmm. a, like mm-hmm. a bob. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. With and, some bangs. And what I did, are there? I don't know. What are I there did bangs say, on a bob? what I did say is that I'm really tired of wearing my hair in a ponytail because that seems to be all that I do, right? And right. I'm looking to up my game a little bit. Right. Right. Um, and guess where, where my hair is? Well, in a little knob of a ponytail. <laughs> a little nub. It's a nubbin. <laughs> It is. And I I said, I just need a little height on the top of my head so I don't look like a mushroom. But guess what? I look like a mushroom. You do look like a mushroom. There's no height. There's no layer. Mm -hmm. There's no, it's like flat. Yeah. And just just like Rosanna, Rosanna down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you're leaving out the best part, Laura. What? Um, I believe (laughs) your hairstylist forgot a chunk in the back. Oh, yeah. You low key have her. (laughs) <laughs> I have a rat tail. 
You've got a Tennessee twister back there. No, what I want to do is take a picture of the back of her head and put the band Rats logo. That's my mashup of the week. Well, my hair is completely lopsided. Yes. One side is longer than the other. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot happening here. I... Like, this is the only thing keeping me hanging on, you know? Is, thank you, <laughs> laughing at my pain. You were so You vocal. know, and it's really a good thing that I don't give a shit about hair. Right. And, you know, we'll grow back. Rock a hat for a little bit. You know, maybe uh, some what did, clips. What's the first thing I said? Let's, I need to go get a bandana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, welcome. My, I had my hair disaster last month. It was your time to you shine. You think I would have learned. You think I would have learned, but no. No. It's, it's, you know, when you're really in the depths of despair, it's like, well, let's go get a haircut. Yeah. Laura, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, Lee. Stop, stop doing that. I know. Hey, I cut mine myself. <laughs> oh, my God. I take it into my own hands. <laughs> well, at least you didn't pay for it. I paid for this and came out looking that bad. <laughs> You know what? You're so right. Does this mean that I may have a chance at a career as a hairstylist? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, given my hairdo, I think you you would probably just do just as well. Yeah. Um, do you think you could give someone a rat tail? I absolutely could. I have. I might. I might want one now. Laura, you've inspired I've me. I've got a Billy Ray Cyrus. Let's bring that back. Let's bring, let's bring it back. <laughs> Kentucky waterfall. I've um, got an achy breaky hair. Achy <laughs> breaky hair. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Um, don't think for one second I am not sharing photos on social media because when I had my hair disaster, I let I let all of you see yep, it in yep. all of its glory. So, mm-hmm. Laura, like I said, mm-hmm. welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I took my hair out of the nubbin this morning and literally I just could do nothing but laugh. <laughs> it was so, great. It was great. So, so, yeah, there you go. Can't wait to share that with all of you. Um <laughs> So coming to you live from this hotel room is Laura's rat tail. <laughs> Laura's rat tail and nubbin. And poor Jake is going to have to stay up all night. And, and edit this episode. And edit this episode. Yeah. So yeah. show fact check Jake some love. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. He's going to be working until the wee hours of the morning. The wee hours. Yeah. The wee. Uh, yeah. And we might sound a little a little lower. Keep tone. your expectations low. I'm going to be a little sloppy this <laughs> evening. Yeah. This is our D paper. Yes. Which is hilarious because wait until I get to my movie. Like oh. the, the universe is really laughing at me right now. It really is. Well, yeah, maybe we sound a little uh, lower today because we don't want to get in trouble because, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't want to get kicked out. I don't want to get kicked out of this. Because hotel. there are other guests. Because I'm about to talk about some like real fucking creepy shit. And if someone hears me, they're going to be like, what the fuck are what these is people talking <laughs> Like literally, I'm gonna terrify everyone that can hear me. Oh no! Well, before we get into that, we do have one patron. Oh man! All right, Betsy. (gasps) Betsy, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Betsy. We love you. We think you're super cool. If you want to join the Patreon, literally, that is how to help keep this show alive. (laughs) That will literally, you know, it's just like a pat on our back to tell us keep going, friends. And you know what? We need that pat on the back this week. We sure need that this week. We could use it. We could really use. The pat on the back. So go over there. There's lots of cool perks to being a patron. Mm-hmm. Um, like seeing the inside of this hotel room. Yeah, and maybe we'll record Laura snoring tonight and share it with our patrons. No, uh, you will because, not. no I think I think we might. Just a little taste. Just a little taste. One um, snore. If you can't join the Patreon, uh, please leave us a review. It's super easy. Just tap the five star button on Spotify and Apple. It really helps us. It gets us on charts and it, you know, gets us in front of more people. So please go do that if you haven't already. And if you have, 
Thank you. Thank you. All right. And with that, I think it's time to get into my really light and easy (laughs) movie choice this week. You picked like a tough one. Oh my fucking God. How? How did this happen? So I'm not really sure. Okay. We plan our episodes (laughs) like (laughs) weeks, sometimes months in advance, Uh right? uh So we know what's going on. And this is one that I like, I needed time for. Right. And again, the universe was like, "Mm." (laughs) no, no. You're not going to have it. Um, I'm doing Hereditary. Wow. Um, Wow. This is is a 2018 horror (laughs) emphasis on the horror uh, mystery family drama film. Wow. Okay. Um, When I say horror, this is not like, you know, sometimes I do cutesy horror. No, no. This This is is like, this is your trigger warning here. This is probably the darkest film (laughs) that I have tackled and probably just that we've done on the show. Um, There are a lot of heavy topics in this movie. There is a lot of death. Um, You know, it's about family grief and trauma at the core of the film. Oh, damn. Sign me up. Exactly. So if you've got that going on, this movie will be even more uncomfortable than it like already is just at face value. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, Great. Tagline is every family tree hides a secret. And don't we know it? (laughs) Damn, we sure do. Uh Uh-huh. Written and directed by Ari Aster. Mm. This was his feature debut. You would know him from Midsummer, which I covered like way back when. Yeah, this one has been requested. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a, I mean, I love this film. Mm -hmm. I think this film is fantastic, Mm -hmm. but it is heavy. Right. Um, Music composed by Colin Stetson. And I wanted to include that because the fucking score is like its own character in this film. Mm, I love when that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, here's your cast. Tony Collette as Annie. And I we've all her. we have all decided that she is all of our like one of our favorite actresses. Big yes. fan. Here at Uncle yeah. Bob's. We She's love Tony Collette. And it's really weird because I'm doing another Tony Collette movie next week. See Ooh. if you can guess what it is. Ooh. Uh Gabriel Byrne as Steve. Oh my god, I love him so much. You do. I, like, I love Gabriel I like Byrne. Never, like I know him, but I never know like what I've seen him in. Oh my gosh. He's well, one of those for me. Ship. Oh, ghost, ghost ship. ship. Yeah. Ghost oh. ship. Oh, yeah. Ghost he's kind ship. of an ass in that, though, isn't he? Uh, he's in uh, The Man in the Iron Mask. <gasps> oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Miller's Crossing. Okay, Laura. I don't great. need his whole catalog. <laughs> sure. You want it? Are you I sure? can give it to you. I can give it to oh, you. Fuck. All right. Millie Shapiro as Charlie, Alex Wolf as Peter, and Anne Dowd as Joan. And you would know her from The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Anne Dowd. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So here's your rundown. And I am going to say right now. I had to leave out so many details or else we would literally be here for a very long time. This plot is so, it's a confusing plot to try to explain. Oh boy. And so I had to like pick and choose what you really, what you really needed to know here. So horror buffs out there, please do not come at me. I know I'm leaving stuff out. Okay. Go watch the film to find out what I left out. I have watched it and I have to be completely honest. I'm really glad that you're going to um, explain it. Yeah. So like my, uh, my lesson this week is me basically explaining this film to you. Mm, Okay. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Are you ready to get into it? Yeah. All right. Our story begins with the obituary of grandma Ellen Lee, spelled Mm. L-E-I-G-H. Which I think is so cool. Um, And she was the family matriarch, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, She died at the ripe old age of 78 in her daughter Annie's house. So that's Tony Collette. Okay. Um, It is important to note early on that the Lee family has a history of mental health struggles. So again, that is a big theme in this movie. 
Okay. So keep that in mind. Gotcha. Um, all right. So now we flash to the daughter, Annie, and her family in their fucking beautiful, like, log cabin home. Ugh, oh, my God. That it, house. This house is gorgeous. Yes. Um, there's her husband, Steve, mm-hmm. their stoner teenage son, Peter, and their 13-year-old daughter, Charlie. Okay. Uh, Charlie is very quiet, except for this clicking thing that she likes to do with her tongue. So you'll hear that a lot throughout the film, and it is important. All right. All right. So cut to grandma's funeral service, all right? Right. Where Annie delivers a eulogy to a room packed full of strangers, which is odd to Annie because her mother was very private in life, so she doesn't understand why all of these people are here. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I can relate to that. Yes. So these strangers are all acting a bit odd. Right, they're smiling weird. They're performing like mini rituals on mm. dead grams. Ooh, okay, okay. But no one really seems to notice except Charlie, hmm. who was very close to Grandma. Okay. So post funeral, Mama Annie goes in to check on Charlie in her bedroom, mm-hmm. saying, "You know, you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. It drove me crazy." Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Ping. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. To which Charlie responds, but she always wanted me to be a boy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So keep that in mind mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Annie shrugs it off and decides to go through a box of her mom's belongings and right away finds a note hidden in a book about spiritualism, Ooh. All right, which we've talked about a lot we on this have. show. And the note reads, my darling, dear, beautiful Annie, forgive me all the things I could not tell you. Please don't hate me and try not to despair your losses. You will see in the end that they were worth it. Our sacrifice will pale next to the rewards. Love, Mommy. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's creepy. Yeah, and this pisses Annie off, right? Because she was not very close to her mom. There's a lot of trauma there, which she goes into. I'm not going to explain, but it is important in okay. the film, right? Like their relationship was not good. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of family secrets, right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, she doesn't even want to dive deeper. It's like she's done. Okay. So she goes to leave the room and shut the lights off. Annie sees what appears to be the ghost of her mother standing in the corner. And I just ship. There creepy are, as There fuck. are a lot of creepy moments like this in the film where you're like, you barely Ooh. notice her. Right? Ooh, that one was up there. Mm-hmm. And the, oh my God, it makes you like shart your damn pants. Uh, when Annie flicks the light back on though, she's gone. Sp- spooky. Damn. All right. Meanwhile, Annie's husband, Steve, receives a phone call saying that grandma's remains have been desecrated and decides not to tell Annie because she's already distraught, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so now we flash to Charlie at school. Little Charlie. Right. She's in class, all right? And a pigeon flies straight into the classroom window. Into the glass. Into the glass. Rest in peace. was super creepy. Rest in peace to the pigeon. That's Um, creepy. Everyone in the class obviously freaks the fuck out except for Charlie. She Mm. barely blinks an eye, right? Mm. She's not freaked out at all. In fact, she marches right outside after class with a pair of scissors and cuts the pigeon's head right off. And sticks it in her pocket for later. Hence the, I'm giving you another, this movie is very dark. (laughs) Warning. (laughs) All right. So she, yeah. Shit. Mm -hmm. Later that night, stoner Peter, right? The teenage son. Yeah. Asks Annie if he can take the car to attend a school barbecue, which is a raging party. (laughs) 
and Stoner Peter. Why is he called Stoner Peter? That's just what I'm calling him. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Trying to set the fucking vibe, all right? So what you're saying is barbecue is a fucking raging code. party. He's like, yeah, I don't know, like a little school barbecue. I'm like, good uh, one, Peter. A good okay. one. Um, and for some reason, Annie insists that he takes 13-year-old Charlie with him. What the hell? Yeah. Well, remember, she's grieving. She's a little fucking distracted, yeah. right? She's not thinking correctly. She's not thinking correctly. Yeah. So Peter and Charlie get to the party. Okay. And Peter does what most older young siblings would do, right? He's get the a teenager. Hell out, get the hell out of here. He ditches Charlie immediately. To Don't go, bug me, kid. Yeah, to go smoke weed with his friends. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, poor Charlie wanders into the kitchen where these fucking high schoolers are making a giant chocolate cake filled with crushed nuts. And I looked at Jake and I was like, when have you ever been to a party where someone was just like chefing up a fucking cake? Don't put fucking like nuts a, in my cake. Like a real cake? Please. First of all, that is my pet peeve. If I find a nut in my dessert when I did not ask for it. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you get really mad at me I, when I put walnuts in the chocolate like, chip cookies. Fuck, well, tell me that there's nuts in it. <laughs> you know, like hey, if I'm I not like a walnut it, in my chocolate chip cookie. Don't disrespect me like don't that. Don't disrespect me like that. Tell me there's nuts in there. Well, you know what? Next time you're getting raisins and I'm going to tell you it's a chocolate chip cookie. Oh my God, don't you dare. That's even worse. <laughs> All right. So Charlie goes to town on this crushed nut cake. <laughs> right. Mm, okay. Because she likes sweets. Right. She's a young like kid. a wink, wink brownie cake. No, I actually don't think so. It was just, this is what I mean. Why were cake. they chefing up a cake? Like, mm -hmm. why? Maybe mm -hmm. she wanted to be a chef. She was practicing. Yeah, at this fucking raging party, it's fine. Interesting. Um, the problem with this, though, is that Charlie is deathly allergic to nuts. And this is why you don't hide nuts and shit. Oh, fudge. <laughs> uh-huh. Her throat immediately starts to close up, and she eventually finds Peter to tell him that she cannot breathe. This scene makes, I'm, this makes me so sad. Wow, I, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, wouldn't you movie, have an EpiPen? If your allergy was that bad, wouldn't you have an EpiPen? This is like a bit, well, here's the thing. That's what you have to remember. This family is not functioning mm. properly. So like no one is thinking clearly she shouldn't have been at the party. Charlie is, you know, a teenage kid. Like it, this is, or Charlie, uh, Peter, you know what I mean? Like he's off doing his own thing. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't have been watching her. It was just a fucking mess. Wasn't this party like out in the wilderness somewhere or something? There was like... <laughs> I feel like it was like out in the Claire's middle of like, nowhere. I remember this detail. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> he can't get to the hospital. Well, he had to That's drive a long thinking. way. He had to drive yeah, a long yeah. way. Um, all right, so Peter throws Charlie in the back seat. And like literally throws her? I mean, he carries her lovingly. <laughs> <laughs> Tosses her like a bag of bricks. Um, and rushes off towards the hospital. All right, and mm -hmm. Charlie, desperate to breathe, sticks her head oh, outside shit. of the window for some air. And mm. I, okay, I laugh when I'm really uncomfortable, so I promise I'm not laughing at what is about to happen. I'm just uncomfy. All yeah, right, that's gross. An already panicking Peter swerves to avoid a deer in the middle of the road, and Charlie, who remember her head is outside of the window, she is immediately decapitated Ooh. by a telephone pole. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Let's all take a breath. Yeah. That, this is heavy, right? This is heavy. And again, the this, isn't the this isn't fun family fun. No. <laughs> no. Fun, family fun family fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> when have we ever had fun family fun? <laughs> uh, fuck. Always it's that second fun that we can never seem to find. that second fun that normally fucking gets away from us. Oh my God. <laughs> Lore likes that one. <laughs> all right. So Peter, in total fucking shock... Okay, the shock mm -hmm. leaves Charlie's body in the back seat and her head outside, drives right home and goes straight to bed. And this is where I will say, I think that the actor, was it, what's his name? Alex Wolf, 
Is that correct? Fact check Jake, tap them <laughs> fingers. I'm probably so wrong. Um, I think he did a great job at displaying like what being in shock actually looks yeah. like. I was like, is he high? Yes, but also in shock. Yes, but I was going to say, I have sadly, like I'm not trying to get too real. I have been in shock, mm-hmm. like like no joke shock. Mm-hmm. And you, like your your brain is just not connecting dots. It's not, it's not functioning. You're not there. And so like, I remember the first time I watched this prior to some of my experiences with, mm-hmm. you know, that. You didn't get it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, why yeah. is he leaving her like that? But he is not, he is in shock. The kid right. did a great job. And yes, great his name job. is Alex Wolf. Fuck yeah. I'm really proud of my myself. Yay! Yay! Way to go, Alex Wolf. Okay. So the sun comes up, right? Peter is in bed, still in shock. Snoring. Not really. He's just laying there again, Uh. like just dazed. Um, Mama Annie heads down to the car to run some errands (sighs) and finds her daughter's headless body in the backseat of the car. Oh my goodness. Um, So at this point, the whole family is incredibly fucked up. That is the understatement of the year. Uh, Grief like a motherfucker, anger, resentment. Peter and Annie's relationship was already not great, which is another, you know, Mm -hmm. thing in the film. Yeah. Um, You know, the the family's not doing well. And again, Toni Collette, oh my God. That scream that she gives out when she finds the body. Oh my goodness. She acted her ass off in this movie. I mean, they all did. Fantastic cast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so lost as fuck. Annie decides to go to a bereavement group, which she has done before. And she meets a woman named Joan, who claims to have also experienced a terrible loss recently. Okay. So long story very short, the two end up spending a lot of time together and Annie starts to trust Joan. Mm, okay. That's a red flag right red there. Red flag. Laura's like, trust? I don't trust? think so, bitch. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Okay. One night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just, fucking hell. We're just and airing we all of our demons we out tonight. We segue into that <laughs> trauma. I was going to say, let's not dive into that one. It's I can't hear the name Joan without thinking barbecue foot massage. <laughs> Joan's like every time. barbecue. <laughs> oh, Joan's barbecue foot massage. I have to finish it if you broke it up. All right, so one night Joan tells Annie that a spiritualist medium taught her how to connect with her dead loved ones, right? Like how to contact them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Red flag number Mm -hmm. two. Uh, She demonstrates this to Annie by having the ghost of her grandson move a glass around a table and write messages on a chalkboard, which we know is automatic writing. Correct. (laughs) Okay, Annie is fucking spooked. Clearly, but intrigued. But she's also intrigued, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. she's grieving. Right. Um, Joan tells Annie if she would like to try this at home Mm. to contact Charlie. All she needs to do is light. Try this at home. No, no, no. All she needs to do is light a specific candle and read a specific spell Uh, that is in an unknown language. Oh my god! Biggest. I think it's an unknown language. Like I don't fucking even know what it was. And that is the most. That is the biggest red flag of all. Please no. Shit. Don't read um, languages <laughs> like you don't know. If it's a spell, please do not. Yeah. You don't know what you're saying. Right, right. Um, And she has to do this while her entire family is in the home. Ooh. Joan specifies that this is very important. I'd be like doing a background check on Joan. Joan, who are you? But again, it's really important to remember how lost Annie is. Yeah. You know what I yes. mean? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Annie does just this one night in desperation. Mm-hmm. And after a glass moves on its own, she is convinced she's speaking to Charlie. Okay. She wakes up her entire family to show them what's happening. 
but something is not right. Like it is not happening the same as it did when she was with Joan. Oh, okay. okay. During the ritual, Annie begins channeling like multiple voices. Oh, Lord. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, acting her ass off. Um, Like glass shatters. There's like uh, Peter notices like that the air is thick. Like it's just something is not right. Mm -hmm. Something or someone clearly got into the house when Annie read the spell. Mm -hmm. I hate when that (laughs) happens. Damn it. (laughs) Um, Annie still believes it's Charlie though, right? Right. Because the spirit also drew in Charlie's favorite notebook. Charlie liked to draw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Papa Steve, who really is the only one that's like (laughs) got some, you know, semblance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He cuts the whole thing off in hopes that everything will just return to normal, which you are very wrong, sir. I'm so sorry. Very wrong. Yeah. Yeah, And he has like a great accent. Mm, Yeah. Yes. Um, Gabriel Byrne. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you want me to give you a minute? No, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Getting hot and heavy over there. (laughs) All right. Now flash to Peter at school. He's outside eating lunch. Uh Okay. He sees a strange woman who we know is Joan, but he does not know this. He does not know Joan. Mm -hmm. He does not not know Joan. He has not met Joan's barbecue foot massage. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She is across the street yelling his name. Mm -hmm. And she screams, Peter, I expel you. Peter, get out. Like, what is that? The what 15th the, red flag of this film? Yeah. What the Peter's like, what the fuck? Well, okay, from this point on, Peter, not doing so hot. Oh, okay. Shit. He is clearly becoming possessed by something or someone. Mm-hmm. Like he is losing touch with the, you know, he's mm-hmm. not himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> because she expelled Peter. Out of know. his own body. Yeah. She told him to get out. Powerful. Out of his own body. <laughs> Excuse me, Wow. Um, Meanwhile, Annie is finally getting the hint, right, that something Mm -hmm. is seriously, seriously wrong. She's catching on. She is catching on to the whole thing. She goes late and a dollar short. Yeah, a little late, Annie, but it's all right. You got there. Mm -hmm. You got there eventually. Yeah. Uh, She goes back to the box of her mother's things, okay? Okay. And she finds a book and reads about a mysterious figure named King Paimon. Paimon? Paimon. Okay. (laughs) Paimon. Um, The God of Mischief. Hmm. She reads that King Payman is smoke, thus coveted of a male human body. What'd you say? What? Smoke, fuss covered? <laughs> what? <laughs> Puss covered. Oh my God, no. <laughs> covered in fuzz. <laughs> Super hairy. He wants a male body, Laura. I don't know what the fuck I said. It is like 1 a.m. <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> Yes. Go watch the movie. <laughs> he desires a male human body covered in fuzz. Okay. <laughs> you ever seen Austin Powers? <laughs> yes, exactly. That is the perfect human body. Uh, all right. He becomes livid and vengeful when offered a female host. Mm, yeah. Okay. Are we seeing what's happening yeah, here? Just I a little bit. All right. I'm catching up. Okay. She also finds an old photo album and realizes that Joan is no stranger. <laughs> Joan's been around for a while. We've been on to you. Mm -hmm. She knew Grandma Lee very, very well. Mm, BFFs. Uh Uh-huh. They appeared to belong to the same coven. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. All right. So after a slightly possessed Peter, right, because he's he's losing it. Right. He brutally hurts himself at school. He, like, smacks his face off the desk. It's not really him, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, Papa Steve goes to pick him up, and they go back home to a panicked Annie. 
Okay. And here is where I'm going to try to wrap this up because this this is a two hour long movie, by the way. Yeah. And every frame is important. I but have to tell you, what? you were watching it and yeah. I was what I was doing my research. Mm-hmm. My, and I put my movie on pause and all I could hear was this screaming, curdling scream. This movie is like visceral. Like, I mean, the, this movie is, it's wild. It's uncomfortable from start to finish. Well, I, I think the same of Midsommar. 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 You sound so classy when you say it like I that. Try. Um, I yeah, try. Yeah, I think personally that Ari Aster does a fantastic job at, at making like, people feel uncomfortable. Uh, yes, yeah. but in like, yeah, not for no reason a thought provoking exactly exactly all right so turns out grandma lee's body her headless body i'm sorry that's important has been hiding in the attic this entire time remember her remains were she's in the attic norman bates mom in the cellar exactly (laughs) yes Um, in the fruit cellar fruit cellar um and someone has been tending to her body seemingly as part of a ritual is it joan Lore, 10 out of 10, you're spot on. I assume. I assume it's Joan. Joan seems like the head bitch in charge. All right, okay. Um, Annie thinks that if she destroys Charlie's notebook, right, because Annie's like onto this. Okay. Okay. She's catching up. She thinks that if she destroys Charlie's notebook, Uh that the spirit connection will be broken. Okay. There's a reason she thinks this. Go watch the film. All right. And that Peter will be saved from this inevitable possession. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when her and Steve throw the notebook into the fireplace, mm-hmm. Papa Steve goes up in flames. Dude, I hate that part. Like he is burnt like a piece of toast in like 2.5 seconds. Wow, yeah. Bye-bye, Gabriel. And Annie one minute is like, what the fuck? I'm devastated. And then you see her face just like snap and she, you realize she is now fully possessed. Okay. Shit. Oh shit! And this, oh this, if you do not like horror films from here on out, close your damn eyes yep, because don't look. I, I I like watch a ton of horror films, obviously. And this one, oh my god! Yeah, because when she becomes possessed, she starts like floating on the walls. <laughs> it's just it's terrifying. Yeah, it it really is. It really is. All right. So for the end of this film, I have to directly quote for the most part um, a Thrillist article, which I will link on our website uh, because I literally could not figure out how to explain this like any better. Because it's so complicated. Right. Okay. All right. So a possessed Annie shows up in her son Peter's room. Okay. Chases him to the attic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where she then proceeds. You have to remember it's not Annie. Right. Okay. She proceeds to decapitate herself with chicken wire or some kind of wire. And so you hear it like going back and forth. Oh, yeah, it's, terrifying. it's terrifying. I guess I didn't have to describe it to you. I did not like this part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I gave you so much detail there. Mm-hmm. Um, the attic is also full of elderly naked people who, some of which we recognize from the funeral. All right. And they're like creepily smiling at Peter. Ooh, like Rosemary's baby style. Yes. Which, Hey, that was a part inspiration for this Ooh, film. Or, wow. Um, terrified. Peter jumps out of the window. All right. Because he's like, where Mm -hmm. the fuck do I go? What the heck is happening here? And when he lands on the ground, Mm -hmm. he lifts his head up and he is no longer Peter. Uh Uh-oh. Shit. He is now Charlie. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we know this because he clicks his tongue. Remember I told you she clicked her tongue, which when I first watched this movie, I was like, why did they have her do that? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't understand why that was like a thing of hers. And then I, I think it's so that when he becomes Charlie, 
that's how you know. That's how you know. Because he clicks his tongue. Yeah. Um, which, 10 out of 10. Yeah. He follows his mom's lifeless floating body. Okay. Or yeah. Charlie. Yeah, it, this is Peter Charlie, right? Yeah. Peter Charlie. Charlie in Peter's body. <laughs> um, all right. So then they go to the treehouse, right? And call him Pleater. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say Say that one more time. I say pleader. What the fuck is that? Parley. <laughs> oh no, it's later. I like parley. That's a I good like mashup parley name. Parley too, but it reminds me of parsley. Sage, rosemary, and thyme. We've <laughs> <laughs> officially lost it. All right. Well, I think that I should refer to them as Parley now. That just makes the best sense. All right. Let me find where the fuck I am in my notes. My God. All right. Uh, Parley follows (laughs) his mom's lifeless floating body, right? I said that into Mm -hmm. the treehouse outside and enters to find Joan and the rest of the coven in a trance of sorts, Mm -hmm. chanting to the demon, Paimon. I, I keep saying that wrong. I Hang just on. listen. Um, while they bow before an altar that contains Charlie's severed head <gasps> wearing a crown. Ew. And here's where I say the when she was cutting when she cut the head off the bird, yeah, she creates her own little statue and it, it looks exactly or it very similar. To this altar. Oh. Okay. Okay. So it was like a foreshadowing kind yeah, of moment. Right. Um, the headless bodies of Ellen, the grandma, and Annie are also kneeled before Charlie in ceremonious fashion. Ugh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. In the closing moments, as the coven continues their chanting, we learn that Peter's body, but like Charlie's soul, mm-hmm. right, will right. serve as the human host. Pay, payman. Oh, fuck. Paymon. <laughs> um, pay the man. <laughs> pay the man. <laughs> fuck. Um, and that is the end of the film. The credits roll to Both Sides <sighs> Now by Joni Mitchell. Wow. Which is really just the fucking nail in the that's, coffin. Because yeah. if you, we've, t- this the is the second thought. time that this song has come up in Uncle Bob's. Yes. Because it comes up in Love Actually. Dude, this song is so powerful. This song is so powerful, and they play the fast version, Ooh, which okay. is like semi creepy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But go listen to both sides now. And yeah. if you have especially been through anything, really, any yeah. kind of pain, this mm-hmm. song is going to hit you like a fucking ton of bricks. Yeah. So after this film, it was just like, oh my God, that's the perfect song. But it like really, it, it like is sad, but it, it's beautiful. It helps, yeah. Yeah, like it, it kind does. of helps put things into Joni perspective. Joni Mitchell, your music is beautiful. Um, Slamming to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> Who Woo. slams to Joni Mitchell? <laughs> like literally. You know, I don't know. Can you slam to Joni Mitchell? <laughs> I think if you want to, you can. Yeah. Lure, go to town. Not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. You can't. <laughs> um, so at questions, thoughts, concerns, do you need me to explain anything? Oh my gosh, I'm sweating over here. I am literally like, are we all good? Go take a sip of water. I mean, th- I think part of it's the movie, but I also think like it's 110 degrees <laughs> in this hotel room. I feel like I'm sitting on the ass crack of the sun right now. I think I'm getting a suntan. <laughs> I thought that it was my like awesome plot description. Ooh, that I think that was just part sudden. of it. I think that was part of it. Um, yeah, maybe we could turn the heat down after this, but until then, um, so... I guess if it, if this isn't making sense to you, so the grandma had a close connection 
with Charlie. Right. Right? From the very beginning. Yeah. Since she yeah. was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Payman can't take a female body. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So they had to somehow get Charlie into Peter. That's interesting. Do you know, does mm-hmm. this make sense? Mm-hmm. It does make sense. Okay. So that Charlie could still be the host, but yes. it was a male body. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, fucking wild. And I'm sure they explain why. Why? No. It's oh. just that this god wants a male body. <laughs> that god wants a male body. Uh, demon, mm. whatever. Mm. Demon, yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's wild. And when I first watched this film, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I was like, huh? Yeah, that's why I said. I've watched it, and I'm really glad that you explained it because I... Does it make sense now, honestly? Are you it lying does. to me? Okay. No, I'll have to go back and rewatch it. This is a very hard... It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a very hard plot to try to describe. And again, I left out so much because the thing with Ari Aster films is every motherfucking thing means something. Like, yeah. like, you could just watch it a trillion times and find something new. For all the symbolism. All the and- symbolism. Oh, my God. It's incredible. I love films like this. Yeah. Um, I think it keeps it exciting yeah. and it really makes you think. But, yeah, I had to leave a lot out. Yeah, like, every single thing he does has a meaning. Everything. Like there's a... If he's using a color, yeah. if there's, there's a, a symbol, purple flower if, on the table, exactly, it means something. Exactly, yeah. which I love. Mm-hmm. I applaud that. Yeah. Um, so again, my lesson is I'm going to keep it kind of light, A, because Ooh. of what I just gave to you. Yeah. B, because they did a pretty good job in the film at just kind of accurately reflecting uh, the demon payment. Yeah. Okay. you said he's real. Yeah. yeah. Did I say A or one? <laughs> did I say A and B or one and two? <laughs> Three. I'm going to explain this. <laughs> A and two because. <laughs> and Z. I don't fucking know what I'm saying. Um, because this is kind of creepy to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, again, this is like the darkest film we've tackled. And yeah. so obviously the lesson is a tad dark. We okay. had to leave the house to talk about it. We did. I didn't want to talk about <laughs> I this. I don't want to bring this shit into my studio. I'm going to leave it in this hotel. Again, if anyone hears me talking, I am so sorry. They're probably like, like how are those people You're going to be there. okay. I promise. All right. So my lesson is the demon payment. Payman is an actual demon found in a bunch of different grimoires, including the Lesser Key of Solomon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a symbol that's shown all throughout the film, right? It's okay. like the coven symbol, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so particularly the grandma wears a necklace okay. with the symbol on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an actual symbol, which that, that is, that's a ballsy move. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that is ballsy. I wouldn't yeah. do that shit. I would not do that. Mm-hmm. That is just my opinion, but have at it. Um, it is the real seal of payment as shown in old texts of demonology. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He is usually shown wearing a crown, which is a big thing in the film, mm-hmm. and riding a camel. And he's usually surrounded by men playing trumpets. No camels were harmed in the making of this film. I didn't see a camel. No. <laughs> no, no camels were in there. <laughs> um, he's a master of the arts and sciences, commands a legion of 200 spirits, and is an obedient follower, follower of Lucifer. Mm. Um, he also has knowledge of secret things, like about the earth, water, and wind. Okay. All right. Um, and that is mentioned in the film. When Joan at the end is like, you know, Payman, Charlie, you are now Payman. Show, you know, share with us your secret your secrets, uh, like that yeah. is a big mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thing with this. 
Um, Payman's features are a blend of masculine and feminine. Okay. This is most likely because Payman was originally a Mesopotamian goddess. 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 All right. Um, but again, they reflect that in the film very well. So that's what I mean. My lesson right. is like not, they, they kind of just. Yeah. I did mean, his homework. They, yeah. They yes. did their fucking homework. Um, from what I can tell. All right. Beheading is not directly related to Payman's lore because that that is like, again, you heard me say mm-hmm. like decapitated a yeah. thousand times. Right. And so I was like, is that connected to this demon? Yeah. Like, why is that a thing? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it is. I think that was more about like the family trauma kind of thing. I'm going to link an Ooh. article that dives into why that was such a theme in the film. Interesting. Okay. Um, and that's my lesson. Wow. The dense, right? <laughs> so dense. I mean, yeah. I have to say, you know, this is uh, fucker creepy. <laughs> fucker, fucker creepy. <laughs> this is fucker creepy. That's right. Um, it is, and that's what I mean. The it the film captures that tone. Mm-hmm. I mean, very well. So I don't know. I just it's a fantastic film. I'm really not trying to scare people out of going and watching it. Yeah, I do think that you really have to be into horror. Yeah, just know what you're watching. Just know yes. what you're watching, or you have to be ready, I should say. Yeah. You just have to know what you're getting into. I was not ready. When I first sat down to watch this film, I was like, whoa, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. Um, but here's your, you know, I gave you a warning. So did you uh, <laughs> feel differently when you watched it, like, this time for yes, your research? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I did think... Did you understand it more? Yeah, I think the first time I watched it, I was just getting the horror elements, uh-huh, like uh-huh. like the horror story, right? Like the magic, the yeah. witchcraft. Like, which is again, like Mm -hmm. they were accurate with it. That was important. Mm -hmm. But this time I think I really understood what was being said about like deep rooted family trauma. Why Mm. he probably made the movie. Why he Mm. made the movie. Like why Mm. I connected with the movie. Why a lot of people probably do despite it being so dark. I mean Mm -hmm. like the the deeper story here. Mm -hmm. I mean it's raw and it's uncomfortable but it's something that a lot of people deal with. Generational trauma. Generational trauma. trauma, Big time. Um, Like in the family tree. Hereditary, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think after a few watches that really sunk in. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, would you like some fun and random facts <laughs> on that note? Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is my fucking, keep in mind, we had the worst week and this is where my head this, had to go this week, guys. Wow. Oh my God. And heavy. I'm like, put a fork in me. I'm yeah. done. Um, all right. The film was shot in only 32 days. Holy which shit. Which I found, I thought that was incredible. Are you and kidding? was also filmed in Utah. Oof. Which I think my pick last week was, and that's where you've got those beautiful mountain scenes yes, and they've got like that yeah, log cabin home. That. Oh my yeah. gosh, beautiful. Um, Ari Aster pushed for scares that were emotionally justified rather mm. than just the classic horror yeah, jump scares. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, so far, yeah. like Midsummer is the same, yes. in my opinion. Yes. Um, with that in mind, he also stated that he wanted to make a film about suffering that took suffering seriously. Hmm. So that's heavy. It's very heavy. Um, but wow. also, I mean, it, it, it deserves, it deserves that attention. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Tony Collette wanted to take a break from darker movies and roles, <laughs> but loved this script so much that she said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I have to laugh because this is like, bitch, you really said Holy fuck it. Holy shit. <laughs> like again, her character specifically goes on fucking one emotional roller coaster, man. Yeah. So and she really did a great job in this movie. She really did. I read that like her not getting any like 
nods mm-hmm. like i don't know accolades yes for yes. this is like considered one of the biggest snubs Ooh. because she did such a fantastic job you go girl you go girl um production designer grace young researched pagan rituals and cults to prepare for the set design and you can't if, again if you're paying attention and you're looking for it you, you will notice like an example is runes can be seen throughout the film hmm. um specifically related to like life and death wow yeah, so there's like a lot of hidden details in there, which mm, are cool. Hidden messages. Yeah, and well-researched from what I can tell. So wow. um, that is hereditary. <laughs> Ta-da! Ooh, I feel like I need to go take a nap. I, I feel know. like I need to go cry. Maybe call my therapist. I'm not really sure. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. But I love when people, um, you know, obviously we talk about magic and mythology right on this yeah. podcast. I like when it's well-researched. Yeah, and they, and they you push know, the envelope. They push the envelope, mm-hmm. but there's like, you know what I mean? They're not just pulling shit out of their ass. Well, like it they, gives it like a feeling of authenticity it really, too. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so wow. I love this movie. If you are ready for it, I say fucking go check it out. Go check it out. Yeah. It's a wild ride. Yeah, strap yourself in. Strap yourself in, man. Yeah. Um, woo uh, I applaud you. Thank you. Yeah, that Thank was a you, tough Lord. one. That was a tough one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think I fucking nailed it, though. I don't know. <laughs> I think you did a great job. From this hotel bed, this is the best I could do. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're all doing the best we can. <laughs> oh, you know, you just got to keep laughing, girl. You really you do. You got to keep laughing. You got to laugh your way through it. Yeah, right. So that means I'm up. That means you're up. Oh, man. You know what? I got to tell you. I, I'm it, This, again, not planned. Not planned. Not planned. Not you really. picked a freaking heavy, heavy, heavy one. Yeah. And I picked a super light. Did you? Super light. I didn't yeah. really, I'm not really familiar with your pick this week. I was not so either. I'm excited. I was not either. This is one of those when you like have a topic that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, I have a lesson I want to talk about and we haven't discussed it yet. How can I bring this in? Right. And this movie popped up and... Uh, I'm just going to go. 1943. <laughs> I'm just going to go. Oh. 1943. Okay. Okay. Keep that date is like, wow, that's an oldie. That's an oldie. Uh, that's an oldie. Uh, it's called The Crystal Ball. Ooh. And it's considered a romantic comedy. Uh, your favorite, Laura. Uh, you my love favorite. a rom-com. Love those rom-coms. Um, directed by Elliot Nugent. wonder if he's related to Ted. Mm, I hope um, not. Screenplay by Virginia Van Up. Okay. Based on a story by Stephen Voss. Okay. Here's your cast. Give it to me. You probably won't know any of these people. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Ray Milland as Brad Kavanaugh. Paulette Goddard or Goodard as Tony Gerard. Uh, Gladys George as Madame Zenobia. Okay. Virginia Field as Joe Ainsley. Uh, Cecil Calloway as Pop. And William Bendix as Biff Carter. Biff. 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 Is he a douche? He is not a douche. He plays, like, usually when you think of Biff, Biff. you think of, like, the muscle-bound, you know. So sorry if anyone but, out there is named Biff. Yeah, but this guy, I somehow doubt it. This guy I was, <laughs> he was, he was, like, a mus. he was muscular, but he was, yeah, yeah. like, a lunkhead. You know mm, what I mean? Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah. Good Biff. to know. Biff, Biff. Carter. Biff. Biff. Um, yeah, so here's the plot. I'm going to dive right in. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's not much of a plot. Let's oh, just shit. say that. Um, I thought this was a cute movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it was released in 1943. So let's just say okay. that some of, you know, what they say does not stand the test of time. Mm. There's some problematic themes in here. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and... 
these fucking old movies, man. They just go to town on this like inappropriate shit. <laughs> yeah, when you go back this far, you're you're bound to have mm-hmm. some things that are not cool. Right. All right. So I love the opening sequence because there's like this astrology wheel, the visuals, and all of that in the movie is in black and white. I love a good intro sequence. You right? know this. Yes, it was really cool. Uh, the story opens to a housekeeper mm-hmm. stuffing her employer, Mrs. Ainsley's emerald ring, down the sink drain. Then we see her crawling around on the floor crying because she tells Mrs. Ainsley that she lost the ring and she cannot find it. But Uh. she kind of knows how she can get it back because her former employer had lost something as well. And she contacted a fortune teller named Madame Zenobia. Okay, you manipulative little thing. I'm just going to call her Madam Z. Okay, uh, I like She that. told her where to find her lost pearl necklace, and she's also a spirit medium, so she might be able to help uh, Miss Ainsley, uh, you know, have some contact with her late departed husband as well as find her emerald ring. But she, oh, she didn't lose her emerald ring. Um, hello. I'm so confused. That's what? the point. That's the point. <laughs> She's what? getting set up. She's, oh, I'm, yes. I'm just slow to the, yeah, okay. you're, you're slow to the punch here. Okay, you're right. Um, so cut to the housekeeper okay. at Madame Zenobia's place. Okay. Giving her a description of the ring and where she hid it. Okay. You little fucker. So they're going to hustle Mrs. Ainsley uh, and split the profits. <laughs> okay, I see what's okay. happening here. See? Yeah. You, 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 uh, you had to tell me. <laughs> I, had to, I had to tell you. Yeah. All right. Uh, but Hark, is that a customer that just walked in the door? Hello. Uh, her name is Tony Gerard. Uh, she comes into Madame Z's, and I would like to know her future. Okay. Uh, it seems she only has 38 cents to her name. Love the decor in Madame Z's sitting room. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, She entered a beauty contest and lost, and she's interested in knowing if the crystal ball can tell her where she's actually going to sleep tonight because she has no money and no job. Oh, shit. Sorry, girl. Yeah, bummer. Uh, Madame Z can get her a job across the street at Pops. Great. He operates a shooting gallery. Oh. And uh, she could help him drum up some customers. What's a shooting gallery? Uh, You know, like at Kennywood, they used to have like the... The shoot, oh, you know, like you the little the, games. Yeah, you like shoot the play gun and try to hit targets and things <laughs> yeah, yeah, fall yeah, down yeah. or make noises and oh, stuff like that. Those used to have like their own sh- stores. I guess. Wow. You know, All right, right. <laughs> out on the middle of the sidewalk. I don't know. Cool. Um. So she also gives Tony a place to stay for the night. Okay. Right. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Ainsley and her lawyer Brad show up the next day. I think at Madame Z's to see if she can help with the ring situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad doesn't want to go in, though. He thinks fortune tellers are nonsense. They're boring, Brad. Right. Uh, Tony gets a look at Brad mm-hmm. and is instantly smitten She with likes him. what she sees. She likes what she is seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not so fast because the widow Ainsley also has her sights set on Brad. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Uh, Madame Z tells Mrs. Ainsley exactly where to find her emerald ring, and she is shocked at the information Madame Z seems to know about her and her deceased husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, When she returns home to find the ring exactly where Madame Z told her to find it, she thinks that she's the real deal. Great. (laughs) You've been fooled. You've been fooled. Brad is still a non-believer, and he tries to tell her that Madame Z could have learned all about her by looking her up in the registry, Mm -hmm. which I would imagine is like... A phone, a phone book? book type thing? Yeah. Uh, maybe. But <laughs> it that, was the 40s. It was the 40s. Uh, but that doesn't explain the ring. 
but we know exactly what happened, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but Mrs. Ainsley doesn't care much about that and uses the opportunity to flirt with Brad. Uh, duh. Mm-hmm. Brad tells her for an intelligent woman, <gasps> she's pretty naive. Okay, Brad. You okay. just, you know, get the fuck out of here, Brad. But Mrs. Ainsley tells Brad that she is the least intelligent woman. Oh. She tells him that she doesn't believe in being intelligent. That oh. is a man's job, Leanne. Excuse me. Women shouldn't think. They should just feel. And oh, Brad, I feel awful good. Oh, I wish Brad. you I wish you would find out sometime. <laughs> so glad that. Hey, I'm writing that down in my pickup line diary. What? That you shouldn't be intelligent? <laughs> she said, "Oh, Brad, I feel awful good oh. and I wish you would find out sometime." Wink, Whoa. wink. Oh, I thought That's you were pretty ballsy about- for the 40s. Well, you know what? I've got a problem with this entire scenario, and I know you all know that, <laughs> and I could go on a diatribe, but I guess I'll just I shut told up. You, I told you, you know, some of these topics, right? right. Uh, Madam Z is heading out to a gig. Okay. Right? Her shop has a spirit trumpet in it, which I thought was pretty cool because you talked about Harry that. Harry Houdini, is that you? Yeah, Harry. Uh, and as she is standing... <laughs> Harry! <laughs> as she is standing on a chair looking for her ectoplasm, which oh, we've God. also talked about, mm-hmm. she takes a tumble, not like Scarlet, <laughs> and she's out of commission. Okay. Madam Z gets Tony to take her place at the party, oh, where, of course, Brad is attending. Oh, boy. She's trying to run a scam and wants Tony to give Brad a message. Okay. At the party, she gets Brad to gaze into her crystal ball and gives him the reading Madam Z instructs her to. Okay. Which is to convince Mrs. Ainsley to purchase some piece of land. Okay. Tony also uses the occasion to tell him that he is going to meet a beautiful redhead tomorrow eating an apple. And he is going to be struck by an arrow. I think it's Cupid's. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, But he's not buying it. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, because it is a setup. Right. right? Uh, But the next day he does meet a redheaded girl eating an apple (laughs) who just happens to be Tony, a.k.a. the fortune teller. First of all, that's not a rare thing. Like for like, you know what I mean? Like say like I don't know something weird like a papaya, or I mean, like do you know what I mean? not a not like the most common like an apple. Well, the way she was chomping on that apple, I mean, it was like <laughs> like he did not see that she was eating an apple. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> way to drag this shit out. Of her. I mean, she really wanted to know, wanted him to know that she was eating an apple. Right. I am the redhead eating the apple. <laughs> It's me. It's me. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> but since the fortune teller did predict that this was going to happen, mm-hmm. he decides, of course, to ask Tony to lunch oh, and falls head over heels in love. This is Brad? This is Brad. Oh, Brad. Okay. To make a long story short, because, you know, this is like a very typical plot. A very I feel. typical, yeah. like 1940s, 50s yes, plot. Yes. yes. After several comedic antics, <laughs> girl likes guy, guy likes girl, girl gets guy under false pretenses. Blah, blah, blah. Jealous adversary also likes boy, but boy doesn't <laughs> like her. Scorned gal pokes the bear and the jig is up. <laughs> but after the girl shows the air of her ways, boy still loves girl. And the two live happily ever after. Hey, Laura, I'm sensing a, just a, like a smidge of um, animosity <laughs> and bitterness. <laughs> Are you okay? Jaded. <laughs> J- J- jaded. And Don't I'm sue me, Aerosmith, I swear. Yeah, right. Don't do it. It's Try me. <laughs> try me. Yeah, I am not the bitch to test this week. Steven Tyler PJs. <laughs> 
Someone count how many movie references we've dropped in this episode, please. And after several successful scams, Madam Z cuts and runs onto the next town. Okay. Yes. All right. So what I liked about it. Oh, is that the end of the film? That's it. I, I said, we're making a long story short here because, you know. It's just really funny. It's a lot of Pratt Falls and, you know. Wow. Were our movie choices different this week? They were. Mine was just like easy peasy, standard plot. Right. You know. It's like has nothing to do with witchcraft, but they make it seem like it well, does. You know, I thought it was interesting, you know, that she had the uh, spirit trumpet in there and then yeah. she was searching for the ectoplasm. Okay, so and, there was some nuggets. And again, like... Like the opening scene and all the astrology wheel right. and her little parlor. That was all so cool. That was and enough. Cute. Yeah, right? Okay, all right. Um, so what did I like about it? Okay, tell right? me. Yes. Sometimes an old classic is a nice change up from mm -hmm. the high-tech digital FX productions that we see today. <laughs> like what you just talked about, people floating and cutting their heads off and shit, you know? Laura's <laughs> like, take me back to the 40s. Take me back to the 40s. <laughs> I'll be unintelligent. <laughs> just I'm let scarred. me keep my head. Just... But in those days, you know, the actors had to sing, they had to dance, they had to, mm -hmm. you know, they had to do it all. Yeah. Uh, they had to be serious, they had to be a comedian, they had to also be classy. So oh, that okay, I right. do like. Uh, Lord likes I like some that. Class. I do like some Lord, class. Lord, you yourself are a classy lady. <laughs> With this new hairdo, it's guaranteed. <laughs> and your gas, your gas and your snoring, class. Class. <laughs> Called class, sweetie. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> um, I love the black and white. Love the innocent yeah. humor. Yeah. Well, some well, of it well, did not seem very innocent. I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love the sets and love the attention to detail. Mm, okay. I love the costume designs. You know yeah. what I mean? Costumes in those old movies. Oh, Wowza. So Beautiful. nice. Yes. Edith Head. She's like, the, I don't know if she did this one, but she's like the most famous costume oh, designer really? in, okay. of that like time period. Mm. Uh, but a man dresses in a tux to have cocktails in his apartment. <laughs> I mean, why not? Or again, class. <laughs> and his guest is dressed in a cocktail dress hat. In a fur coat. I mean, class. I'll have a cocktail. I mean, Manhattan. Up, I show up in sweatpants with a marble red hanging up my mouth. What you got? <laughs> Again, my idea of class looks so away. Harking back to the good old days. Fucking hell. Yeah. So, what can go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The age old stereotypes, the typical mm -hmm. plot, and how two people fall in love in under an hour. <laughs> that oh. can go. Lors Virgo brain just says that is not the case. <laughs> Stop That's lying right. to That's me. That's right. Um, some fun facts. Yeah. Uh, there aren't any. Oh, okay. Great. I mean, this movie is so old. <laughs> there were no fun facts. Your mom is so old. This movie's fucking ancient. Ooh, at one point, though, that there was a funny, the man says that, <laughs> that Madam Z had a little genome inside her crystal ball. Genome? A gnome. A gnome. <laughs> or in, just a gnome. The genome was inside the crystal ball, and he's the one did that he, gave the info. Did he really think it was pronounced genome? Genome, yeah, that's, that's what he a, I can't it. even be mad, because I mispronounce <laughs> every word. So, like, it's okay, pal. I get it. <laughs> All of this to get to my lesson. Okay, what? Yeah, the crystal ball? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. Because I wanted to talk about it. We have not brought this up yet. We have not. So, I'm excited about interesting. this. Interesting. Are we ready? Yes. All right. Uh, the earliest use of crystals okay. dates way back to the ancient Sumerians. Crystals. Crystals. Okay. Nearly 5,000 years. Okay. Right? The ancient Egyptians buried their dead with crystals to provide assistance in the afterlife. 
Okay. The ancient Chinese used crystal tip needles in their acupuncture practices. Ooh. And the ancient Greeks believed that by rubbing hematite crystals all over their bodies, <laughs> they would be invincible. I mean, shit. I'm going to do it right now. I mean, I'm going to do give it right now. Stones. Give me some of that. Yeah, give me some of that. The earliest mention of crystal balls mm -hmm. came from Roman author and naturalist Pliny the Elder. Oh, Pliny the like Elder. 20, fun. I know. Love that name. Uh, 24 to 79 AD. Oh, shit. He mentions the use of crystal balls by soothsayers, referring at that time to crystal balls as crystallum orbis Ooh. and later as orbuculum. <laughs> Hopefully I said that right. Did you say balls one more time too? Balls. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a child. I just can't help it. Like I will never get sick of hearing my mom say balls. It's funny. That's it's funny. Bobby. That's Bobby. Who's Bobby? Bobby Singer. Balls. <laughs> oh my god. Right. My brain. I can't. See? I'm too tired, Laura. You're not quick enough. I gotta keep Leanne. up. I gotta keep you gotta up. Keep I'm up. slipping. I'm slipping. It's like two in the morning. All right. But the actual origin of the crystal ball mm -hmm. are traced to the ancient druids. Who used oh. crystals in their scrying practices? <gasps> I've and talked about we, scrying. I was going to say we've already talked about scrying. Uh, it's a uh, source of divination used since prehistoric times to see the future by analyzing reflections in water, metal, and precious stones. You said analyze. <laughs> analyze. <laughs> yes. Get but your I'm mind just, out of the I'm gutter. So with you, work. Yes. Okay. Scrying. Yes. Right. Scrying. The Druids who hailed from the British Isles in France around the 3rd to the 5th century used polished balls. <laughs> Get your head out of the gutter, Leanne. You did that one on purpose. I couldn't help it. Of barrel. Bar what's that? I'm going to tell barrel you. Barrel balls. <laughs> barrel balls uh, for their scrying practices. Okay. The art of using a crystal ball for scrying is known as crystallomancy. Ooh, I and like that. And the word for a crystal gazer is speculari. Ooh, pretty. Okay. Right? Yes. The sea green mineral barrel mm -hmm. was preferred over others and would be polished into spheres to heighten the reflective properties. Ooh. It was thought that barrel had more of a magnetic charge than other minerals, giving it the ability to connect more readily with the psychic energy of the moon. Oh, wow. Okay, I love right? that. Uh, when the Romans pretty much took over Great Britain, the, the Druids... What was that? The true <laughs> Druids... <laughs> Uh, we're pretty much wiped out. Okay. And the use of crystal balls disappeared for a while. Oh, great. Right? Yeah. Uh, during the Middle Ages and the Renaissance time period, the crystal ball makes a resurgence. Come on back. Coming on back, but more of a decoration than a fortune-telling device. Oh. Mm hmm Because the church deemed it a no-no. Oh. Well, you don't say. Uh, you don't okay. say. Uh, so those who practiced the craft had to do so in secret. Mm hmm And that is until the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. Ah. ah. During this time, the crystal ball earned its legitimacy as a fortune-telling tool and a very important one at that. Okay. Uh, thanks in large part to one John... John D. John D. Alchemist, naturalist, and advisor to the queen. Ooh. John used an obsidian crystal ball to communicate with angels and demons mm. and then gave his messages to the queen. Okay. Crystal gazing was popular once again and an acceptable form of practice. Wow. Okay, yes. cool. Uh, this opened the door for occultists mm -hmm. who began to dive into books by Indian and Arabic writers. Okay. Uh, an ancient book of astrology and occult magic written in the 11th century entitled The Pictures. The Picatrix. The 
pictures. Interesting. Yeah. Legitimize the use of crystal ball gazing as a tool to see into the future. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, yeah. I'm like, I'm hooked. This right? is fascinating. Interesting. Uh, the most common association with a crystal ball mm-hmm. is the typical, typical, <laughs> Lord, you good? <laughs> it's two in the morning. <clears throat> I'm just going to keep saying that. I make no just apologies. Just really want to drive that home. I want to drive that home. Uh, so the most common association with a crystal ball is the typical scarf wearing jewelry clad gypsy fortune teller. Right. But this word gypsy is seen as a derogatory word to describe a group of people. Or I thought I was going to, I was like, you (laughs) thought you were going to have to bitch slap me. I know. (laughs) I I know. Uh, So this is a derogatory word used to describe a group of people known as the Roma or the Romani. Okay. Okay. The word gypsy was coined by people who were intolerant of their customs and traditions. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's a no, no. That's a no, no. So the middle ages and Renaissance age, ushered in the migration of the Roma people Mm -hmm. in large numbers from India into Europe. Okay. And they brought with them their tradition of fortune telling. Okay. Uh, But they were ostracized by the church and instantly persecuted. I know. Yeah. So they tended to move around often. Yeah. And utilize trades that could pick up and go at any given moment. Yeah. Uh, Hence the fortune telling. Gotcha. Right. And I feel like a good example of this is chocolate. 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 Is that chocolate? Chocolate. <laughs> yes, I do. Right. I do agree with yeah. you. Yes, yeah. a beautiful film. Yeah, that did not deter many who were interested in seeking out the Romani people's readings. Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 So, although the crystal ball was not a traditional tool used by the Roma people, mm-hmm. they quickly adopted it because it was so widely accepted by Europeans and mm-hmm. it was easily mobile. Oh, it could travel. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So over time, the crystal ball and fortune telling has become widely associated mm-hmm. with the Romani people. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Cool, right? Yes, thank you for, I feel like that was a very necessary lesson. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Yes. The Victorian era welcomed a resurgence of all things occult. Okay. And as we've discussed many times, and you just said earlier, spiritualism was in its heyday. Okay. Yes. Crystal gazing was trending. Of course. <laughs> uh, performers began to use the new interest in the occult to their advantage, and one of the most famous of the time was an American man named Claude Conlon. Hmm, okay. okay. He would use a crystal ball to magically answer sealed questions from his audience. Ooh, okay, Chris Angel. No. Yeah. <laughs> Conlon performed from 1915 to 1924 and was one of the highest paid magicians of his day. Wow, way to go, pal. Yes, a master entertainer and promoter. Oh. His famous posters helped popularize the idea of crystal gazers in flowing robes and turbans. Okay. Also... That's a stereotype. Like a stereotype. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, bringing in the fortune-telling machine, which was introduced in 1910. Mm. And then repopularized by the movie Big in 1988. In which you have talked about that. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so let's move into the 20th and 21st century. All right, let's do it. Okay. Our crystal balls remain part of New Age, Pagan, and other belief systems. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous crystallomancers of the day was Gene Dixon. Gene? A psychic who used a crystal ball as her mode of predicting. Jean correctly predicted the assassination of John F. Kennedy in 1956. Holy shit, Jean. Seven years before it happened. Are you kidding? Yeah. wonder if she told John. 
Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh, yes. And in addition, predicted the deaths of Gandhi and Marilyn Monroe. Damn, okay. All yeah. right, Jean. She was also the advisor to Richard Nixon and Nancy Reagan. And after mm-hmm. Jean's death, her crystal ball fetched a paltry sum of $12,000 at auction. Hmm. Jean, I'm a little suspicious of you. Jean. All right, all right. All right. So there has been much controversy on the topic of what actually happens when scrying into a crystal ball. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some believe that visions actually arise in the ball. Yeah. Showing the seer a clear picture of the future. And I feel like the, you see that a lot in movies, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. The Haunted Mansion, that's mm, a thing. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that shows Absolutely. it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, others believe it allows the scryer to communicate with the other side or realms beyond our sight. Realms? Okay. Realms. Yeah. Uh, another thought is that the crystal ball heightens clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. And lastly, that the orb itself does nothing but relax the mind of the scryer, allowing them to sink into a trance-like state where then they would have visions. Oh, interesting. What if it's a little bit of everything? Maybe a little bit of a or smattering. Depend, or depends on the witch. Yeah, a smattering. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a smorgasbord. A smor- yeah. Dude, I think the dog farted. I'm like dying. <laughs> Dude, He's no, you. He's oh my you. God, I'm in for a fucking fantastic <laughs> evening. Sandwiched between all these fucking gassy asses. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But are you on the market for a new crystal ball, Lee? You know what? Always, Laura. Here's, yes. Here's a few tips. <laughs> okay. All right. Choose wisely. Okay. The orb should be no smaller than the size of a grapefruit. Oh, sh- yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, <laughs> you're not seeing much. Yeah. If it's yeah. the size of a golf That's right. ball. Unless you have really good eyesight. <laughs> Which I do not, if you were wondering. <laughs> choose a highly reflective orb. Mm-hmm. One should choose a quiet, dim place to commune with the orb and relax the mind and eyes. Yes. Which kind of lends to the typical movie scene, dimly lit. Right. right? Or as, vibes. Or as Harry Houdini would say, a good way to let the shenanigans oh, begin. <laughs> Harry, get the fuck out of my life. But just don't set up shop in New York because it is still considered a class B misdemeanor for anyone who accepts a fee for fortune telling. Well, you know what? I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it right set, in New York. Because if you tell me shop. I can't do something, I just want to do it. So New York, look out. I'm fucking coming for you. So crystal balls, of course, have been used all throughout pop culture. You just said, what did you just say? Oh, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Wizard of Oz Uh by the witch and Professor Marvel. Yeah. And the the ball sold for... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 110,000 people. Oh my 110,000. Holy shit, we're in the wrong place. I know. Uh, we have la- uh, the labyrinth. We have David Bowie and his magic balls. Not his bulge. <laughs> Not his bulge, but Not his magic Jared's bulge. <laughs> I mean, that could be a scrying tool. Have I made this joke before? <laughs> I think I fucking, I literally think. Coming back around. Full circle. <laughs> Why do we talk about his Two fucking very, bulge? very full circles. <laughs> That's not right. Fucking hell. R.I.P. David. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The Dark Tower. Merlin. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Right? I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Any <laughs> witchcraft movie, you'll probably see it somewhere in there. Right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Are you still laughing about Jareth? She was mesmerized yeah. by, by those balls. <laughs> it's the babe with the power. Oh. <laughs> uh, and that is the crystal ball. 
Lord, that was fascinating. Your movie sounded trash, but that lesson was kick-ass. Yeah, I mean, sometimes those 1940s, <sighs> 50s movies, they're just, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to, again, know what you're getting into, right? But I like to look at them and then laugh, probably not the intended humor that they're offering yeah, exactly. up. And then just think, wow, how far we have come. Exactly. Wow, <laughs> how well, the times have changed. Thank, thank God. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I really liked that. Um that lesson was really, really fascinating and I think an important one, mm-hmm, right? Because, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, again, it's like such a, a you know, maybe stereotypical witchcraft. But it's ubiquitous. But exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to have learned more about it. Yeah, there and you go. Yeah, if you're interesting, interesting, oh my God. <laughs> Only I, if you're fucking interesting should you check this movie out. If you're boring, fuck off. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in scrying, like I would go listen to, what the fuck? I think Halloween Town 2 is when I talked about scrying i thought you did it in your twin peaks i really didn't i used halloween town 2 which 10 out of 10 on my end i don't remember that i know you tuned it out (laughs) um and then like listen to this lesson again and Mm -hmm. you'll be like fucking set man you want to scry with a crystal ball yeah be fucking sick i love it let us know maybe what you have a crystal ball laura I do. Mm-hmm. I've had it for a long you time. You have. I yeah. Have we should try. We should give it a go. Let's give it a let's give it a whirl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well <laughs> oh on that God. note, we can't even do quick killer quiller. <laughs> Someone can't please even do. take the microphones away. We can't even do killer quotes tonight because our oh, pumpkin is fuck. in the studio. Damn it. We didn't think ahead. I didn't grab the pumpkin on my way out. I was choking on fumes. <laughs> I have, I have a killer quote. Okay. It just popped into my head. What? It describes the week. Okay, yeah. It's a quote by one of my faves, Who? Dorothy Parker. Okay. Here, let's give a little musical interlude first. Okay. Um, the quote is, what fresh hell is this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That literally this week has just, I can't wait until we can tell you more details. Yes. Yes. Um, because some of the details involve, a, you know, an announcement. Yes. That's coming up. <laughs> and coming it will make it soon. all the more heinous. Heinous. <laughs> heinous. <laughs> yes. Laura's going to go cry herself to sleep tonight. I think we all might, honest to God. I don't even get to sleep, shit. Jake doesn't get to sleep. Jake gets no sleep tonight. Please sign up for our Patreon, please, so I can (laughs) buy Jake a snack or a present for what he's about to have to do to this episode. Yeah, I think sometimes people think we just sit down and shoot the shit and chuckle and, you know. There are so many hours that go into this show, my friends. And Um, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much. We really do. We really do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We love you. We do. <laughs> we wouldn't do this if we didn't love you so much. You know what I'm saying? Big right. facts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. It was a great episode, though, honestly. It was. Yeah. I just feel like we were so quiet. Well, I mean, I'm a, again, I we was. didn't get in trouble. I was literally talking about decapitating birds. <laughs> I was really not trying to fucking frighten anyone. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's oh what I was like. Gosh. Yeah, I have like the the most complicated film I've ever done. And this is the week. Yeah. Thank you, universe. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Thank and wait you. Till you. I mean, and wait till you hear what comes with that. Yeah. So on that note, 
On that note, friends, I check think... us out. <laughs> I think we're done here. I think we're done. And check us out, you know, Wednesday <laughs> or next week or whatever. I don't even know where I am. Yeah. Uh, we hope you're not having the week from hell. We hope yeah. you have a fantastic weekend and we will see you next time. We will. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.